everyone. Welcome back to Tent Talks. This is Stacy, and I'm here with Liz. Howdy doody. Hi, Liz. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about ways to connect with ourselves yeah. through tools. And the tool that we're going to talk about is cards. We're going to talk about oracle cards, tarot cards, educational flashcards. Therapists use cards. I use cards. And we do that to kind of break the ice with clients. Well, really, a lot of people shy away from alternative healing or, you know, like fringe therapy practices. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite educators, David Grant, says there's no turf when it comes to healing. And that's really important. If you connect with it, that's important. So we kind of wanted to just normalize some of these so that maybe they didn't seem so far out there, like what it might be like to have a reading done and sit with the material. Well, I was always warned of tarot cards, of fortune tellers, and there were all of these archetypes or their ideas that were attached. And now that I've been a card reader for over 10 years, I can say that anybody who's doing like future telling with cards, that's like a totally rogue approach. Because any type of card reading is either number one, an invitation, or number two, a reflection. And invitations are based on consent. And our last mm-hmm. our last episode, we talked about consent. Consent's important. You don't have to take an invitation just because it's offered. And again, with reflection, it depends on what's going on internally, if there's anything to reflect or not. So really, cards are just a tool to connect to what's already in existence within you. It's just pulling that information forward. Because what's going to stand out to you in a reading is based purely on your internal experience and what you're bringing to the table that day, that moment. Right. There's something all of us can connect to, perhaps with any card or symbol or archetype, right? So, I mean, occasionally, maybe with younger clients, I'll do it just to kind of give some content. And sometimes there's this big resistance, like they kind of are acting like they don't connect with anything about that card. And so then there's some material in that too, like what is this resistance they have with that? Because they shouldn't be so lasered in that we are directing a person's thinking or actions, right? Again, that would be counterintuitive to consent Mm -hmm. to do so. And I think any person should challenge that if they're met with somebody offering or asserting a viewpoint that feels like it's directing your thinking. Yeah, these are invitations and your openness And what you connect with is really the guidance. Yeah. And you just learn more about you and your inner landscape because it's being reflected somehow back at you. Yeah. And if there's nothing that reflects back at you, that's information and it's okay. Yeah. And it could be resistance. It could be, you know, just like a dissonance. It could be something like, that's exactly what I don't want. Right. You might even see something, a word or a symbol on a card you pull that could even have a very deep embedded trigger. 
Mm-hmm. And that's information, right? Maybe yeah. you just like, I don't like that. But, you know, even just if you took a minute to reflect on why that was, right? Mm-hmm. One of the first card decks that I was introduced to was from a therapist. And she was working with kids and she used this deck. I think I showed it to you. It's called Mixed Emotions. Oh, I haven't seen And that. it's got imagery that embodies an emotion. Mm. So sometimes it's hard for kids to identify emotions. And so there'll be a picture of what happiness looks like versus frustration or feeling guilty or feeling like rowdy or there's just all these different emotions or states of being. And there's an image attached on the card because the idea is that little kids can identify which image aligns with how they feel at a very young age. And there's even posters. One of my dear friends has a poster and her little kids can point to the face Mm -hmm. that they're feeling Mm -hmm. based on like the image that they see. Yeah. If everyone just thinks about the Disney movie Inside Out, right, and how they use that imagery to portray kind of the way children might see an emotion. Mm -hmm. I think they do a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my first introduction. And I, of course, fell down like a rabbit hole of like oracle cards. And oracle cards, again, are invitations. And it really depends on the author and the illustrator. You'll find oracle cards that are, you know, based on mermaids or flowers or something yeah from nature something from the fantastical realm feminist authors snippets like anything that you're into there's an oracle deck that could match that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. throw out anything because you can learn lessons from nature and patterns repeat so If your realm of possibility is just like mermaids, then then somebody's got a deck for you. It's like something about like, you know, swimming in the flow and swimming against the flow and like parts of the sea or there'll be something that they can relate and customize a deck to. So Today, we've got a deck that is called the Rose Oracle, and it's by Rebecca Campbell. And she's Australian-based. I think she lives in the UK now, but she's an author. She's published by Hay House. And this is her third deck, and she works with the same artist. And her cards have a very specific aesthetic, and it's all Mm -hmm. very soft and Mm heart-opening. It looks urethral, you know? It's just very calm and light. I want to say like, it does make me think of a transcending space, you know? Yes. And I I think all of her cards are very trauma informed, because some cards are like anything, a spectrum, some have more intense meanings and intense images. This is very gentle to the nervous system. It's very easy to look at. It's aesthetically pleasing. And all of the messages are very trauma informed as well. Like even if you were to choose a card that's meaning was, you know, like, oh, like something in your life is out of resonance, it's time to look within, like something really vague like that. It's presented in a way that is so non-threatening that you can go, hmm, I wonder what that thing could be, 
rather than like a really intense image of somebody like pricking their finger on a thorn and there's blood. This is no, this is all like beautiful, yeah. like yeah. soft, go within, feel my, it out. My guess is, you know, every deck is has kind of a little bit different purpose. Some might mm-hmm. only have a picture, you know, or, or very simplistic image. I'll just dive in and talk about my card. So I drew this card and it's called the Brothers of the Rose. And what I'm seeing are two men on each side. It kind of is a mirror image. And then there's a a pregnant woman in the middle cradling her baby in the womb. And the men on the either side are kind of bowing in this prayer fashion. And then there's two more men down below. And I want to say they're cradling an infant, but it's very hard to make out. Maybe it's my projection of what I'm seeing, but it almost looks like he's got an infant in his bosom. There's a lot to this card when I sit and really look at it. And then there's this light above the crown. The the woman is wreathed in this floral crown. And there's this light above her that's almost like it's descending above her. And then below them is kind of this beautiful turquoise water. So there could be lots of meanings in all of those positions and symbols that I haven't really sat to think about, right? And below it says, it's the sacred masculine honor, protection, support. So that's basically all the information the card gives me. And then I might ask a client, you know, what does this imagery mean to you? Or have them kind of sit with that for a minute before I read a description. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you normally do with them, Stacey? Like, on... Yeah, so... I think readers have approaches, you know, like they, they mix up the cards and they lay them out and they have someone choose, but it's like the whole thing is an experience. Mm -hmm. And even the experience of choosing a card and feeling which one you're drawn to, and maybe it's visual and maybe it's with your hand. Like some people can swipe across a deck and they'll feel like a hot spot. Uh Uh-huh. But it's like when you're swimming in a lake and you find a cold pocket of water or a warm pocket of water, you find temperature changes within... Even choosing the card is part of the journey, right? Yeah. And some people it's just like visually or some people it's physically if there's a card that's closer to them or that's leaning a certain way, they'll be drawn to it. And so whatever you're drawn to, you trust it and you choose that card. And then from there you turn over the card and and you look at the image and the card I chose was codes of the seed. And the image here is a seed opening and there's a, a woman inside. It almost looks like a womb, you know, she's in a fetal position, but she's kind of in a seed and the seed is starting to create roots and it's starting to, break the soil above. Mm. And so that evokes this feeling of growth and growing roots and growing, you Mm -hmm. know, pushing through the soil. Mm -hmm. And in a reading with a client, we would maybe talk about some of those aspects. And it can be hard with people because if people are really suspicious if they don't trust themselves, there's a myriad of things that could be going on within them. They might be thinking, 
well, what is this other person? What are they going to analyze? Yeah, if I say? right. Or yeah. what do they see? Am I am I right? Like we yes. we grew up in a school system that where there's a right and a wrong answer, and so and you're trying to be uh, the good student correct. award and get the right. good student award. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, it's a journey of like, well, what do you notice? Are there any colors that stand? I mean, for some people, it's like, what colors do you like? Yeah. Other people can really break down an image and look for symbols, but it's kind of a learned skill to trust yourself and to say what you first see. Right. Because again, we're not necessarily trained in that way. We're taught to say what we think is the right answer. Yeah. So yeah, to just trust what you initially see and what the card is speaking to you, that is perhaps the most profound part of the reading. Well, even when I was trying to describe this, because, you know, I can't show an image of it to people, I was starting to journey deep in a different meaning, right? That I didn't really (laughs) sit with earlier, right? And just in the description of it, trying to describe it, I'm like, going into this journey of my mm-hmm. psyche and going, whoa, like I didn't realize this could mean this, this could look like this, this is what mm-hmm. I didn't see before, you know. And so a card reader or a therapist can reflect back to the person getting the reading and say, what I'm hearing is this. And some people really know the decks the deck of cards that they work with because they build a relationship with it. They've read all the meanings and they can kind of guide somebody and, and say, you know, have you looked at this meaning or have you considered this or what does this theme mean to you? And you can start a conversation and you can start to unfold more of a meaning, but it's in these first few moments of connection where all of a sudden a door is opened and possibility is there. And I think that's really exciting energy to work with because that's like the healing space. Yeah. You're interacting kind of with this card. You're, You're collaborating with perhaps an intention by the creator, you know, of the deck or the symbols that are coming to you, creating a new or expanded language to articulate things, you know, you're kind of just building within this kind of collaborative journey. And that's what I think is really special about it when I've used them or even reading, you know, people's books is, it should feel like a collaboration in this journey. It shouldn't be like they're the authority and they're telling you something you know, you're, you're sharing yeah. energy with that person. This resonates, this speaks to me. And some people choose decks specifically for the person who's writing them. They, they mm-hmm. want to connect to words. Some people choose decks based on imagery or the theme of the deck. Like I'm just really into, like I got my eight-year-old niece a unicorn deck because she's really into unicorns and all of the messages are like very kid friendly and the images are you know really fantastical and that was just something that she really connected with yeah and she didn't need to know who the author is or what it was saying she just liked the pretty unicorns Mm -hmm. and that's enough yeah so they're they're more image-based right children and that's cool about them And I chose Rebecca Campbell's decks because I first read her book, Light is the New Black. And I really love that because she was talking about light work and how Mm -hmm. 
the planet like needs more people doing the hard work of like going to therapy and waking up and integrating like spirituality and tending for the land and all these values that I already had. So I really connected with her work. And so it was just a natural progression to follow her and get a deck of cards. Are her cards my favorite ones? No, but there's enough resonance that it's like, I'm going to work with this deck for a while and see what it has um, to teach me about me. Yeah. Do you want to read? So so then you can read expanded stuff on your card. Like, was there more in the pamphlet that she describes? Yeah. So my card says codes of the seed. The blueprint is within you. Take the next step. Most decks will have like a little bit more expanded information like this booklet. There's more to read. Sometimes you'll never refer to the book because Mm -hmm. you'll have enough information or there's not even a book offered. Yeah. This one definitely has one. And I'll just read a little passage here. Seeds come in knowing exactly what to do within them. They hold the potential of entire forests and rose gardens. Seeds have within them an intelligent timing that's connected with the intelligence of the cosmos. We're all seeds. We each hold the codes of a new humanity within us. Seeds must be buried in the darkness before they can bloom into the light. Seeds can't even begin to bloom without embracing the fertile void of the winter soil. They can't flower without outgrowing the constraints of the bud. They cannot bear fruit without releasing their beauty to the earth and letting go of the very thing about them that captivated others. The first thing I thought of with this card was that Mexican proverb, and I'm sure you've heard this, it says, they tried to bury us, they didn't know we were seeds. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that was immediately the first thing I thought of because I think we have so much potential and we return to the earth and we are the earth and we are these, you know, expressions of earth. And however lost you get, you still have that like blueprint within that, that code within that says this is how you really are. Yeah, when you think about how much wisdom is encapsulated in the seed, mm-hmm. the shell that offers this protection that is hard to break down. And yeah, it's it's amazing to think about that. You know, there's so much symbolism with every aspect of the universe, right? Every aspect, every every tiny little micro thing like a seed has so much built in it. Yeah. And so you know. do we. We have this yeah. whole genetic code. I mean, we're programmed Mm -hmm. to not only, you know, breathe in enough air to condense into oxygen and release. We have this whole process, this whole circuitry that's connected Mm -hmm. to life. And we're monitoring the stars at the same time that we're digesting food at the same time that we're breathing at the same time that our heart is beating. We're these miraculous beings. And it's like this code within us that's keeping us regulated homeostasis we're in a constant state of homeostasis or or trying to reach that within our body yeah well even spending this moment to reflect on the energy with something 
else in the universe, something so minute, it does cycle back to the magic of the body, you know? I mean, because we're all in this body, mm-hmm. you know, the world is its own body and mm-hmm. it just, it just does something right to, I think, connect with all these different parts of us and, and even things outside in the world and, you know, nature aspects, yeah. there, there's power in it. We, we exchange energy and healing. Yeah. And I think why I went to that, they tried to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds is because Honestly, I feel lately really bogged down by the world. I feel the oppression. I feel how easily it is that we can be discarded because like maybe gun laws feel more important than humans and maybe laws regulating people's bodies feel more important than those women with the bodies themselves. Control is more important than freedom. So I have felt this major oppression. And this is a real calling back to remind me that I am actually a really powerful being. And I have a powerful expression. And that, you know, I'm resilient. Mm. It's a message of resiliency for me. Yeah, I love that. And Liz, I wanted to go back to your card, the Brothers of the Rose. And just read a little excerpt from yours and then break it down. Mm hmm. This card is a card of sacred masculine. The sacred masculine exists with each one of us. And together we're all being called to balance both of the energies within us, the sun and the moon. Perhaps this is what it means to birth a new world. The masculine is needed in our world. It's the part of us that lives in deep honor and reverence of the feminine. And it's committed to protecting and living in devotion to the feminine and to the earth. The masculine knows that striving and overpowering enduring and conquering are not helpful. The masculine is both strong and tender, protective, but not defensive. Mm -hmm. And so breaking that down and thinking about like that sacred masculine energy that is so needed in the world. Yeah. And also needed to be cultivated within. Mm Mm-hmm. What I love about that, too, is this thought where when we focus on what we're doing wrong, we focus on, you know, like with a child, if we're always criticizing, you know, you're not doing the dishes right, you need to do it this way, instead of praising them for, you know, their their successes and the good things. And I think that's a good reminder, you know, a lot of times, a lot of us get hung up on the toxic parts of what we see in the patriarchy or masculinity rather than, hey, here's where how we need you. Here's here's how we need masculine. Here's this this amazing healing positive energy, right? That is brought in by this, you know, not just men obviously, but a balance in the energy in the universe and how it's so needed. And that that's a good reminder of what if we focused more on the healthy aspects. Yeah, feeling protected, feeling this safety because somebody is like a container. Yeah. A safe space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what I view as healthy masculine. And that's something you can create within yourself. Yeah. 
like having really strong boundaries with yourself so that you know that you'll keep yourself safe no matter what, because Mm -hmm. you've already established what safety feels like in your body. Yeah. I have moments in nature. I have moments out, you know, in the world, whether it feels more cosmic or whether it's like a tree Mm -hmm. that I feel is containing energy for me or a space. And I think that's something to think about, like how there's this connection with these energies, almost within everything that we associate with. Like the seed can be birthing something, you know, the growth. And even that analogy was with the the sacred masculine, right? There's this birthing that comes with that too. And, yeah. and it's just interesting to really sit and kind of let yourself sink deeper into these thoughts. And I'm not sure if we've talked much about Kim Kranz and her deck, but her work has really been pivotal. And, you know, she writes a lot of beautiful things on her card deck. One thing she wrote that I remember just feeling like she was reaching out of the the words, like something, her energy was connecting with mine in in such a profound way. Kim Kranz is the author of The Wild Unknown. The Wild Unknown. And that was a tarot deck that was released that was widely sold. And then she did an animal deck. And then from there, she did an archetype deck that you use in your practice. She also has children books about integrating lessons of nature. And I don't know how far along she is on her journey, but she's going through a Jungian psychology master's program. And she's very connected to archetypes and messages and meanings. And so her decks come across as like very symbolic and like allowing you to go on your own journey. And Liz and I both really connected over Kim Cron's work. That was initially like a foundation part of our relationship because we were like, this is so beautiful. Well, Stacey, you introduced me to her for sure. And I think something I really connect with her about is her creativity, right? She's, she's this, she's a beautiful artist. She really exposes the journey of the creation. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is profound you know, her journey in creating. But she says in one of her works, and I'm reading this just feeling like somebody sees the journey that I'm going through. And she says, thankfully, there is no perfect. If there were, that would be the end. Creativity by its very nature has no finality, only growth. Let yourself be pulled toward the center. I will meet you there. And I remember reading that and feeling her there, feeling an energy that was not just mine. And, you know, I I cried reading that and it just felt like somebody was supporting me in this journey. And I feel like all these different tools we can use are kind of like that. Somebody can resonate with our journey in some way. Maybe we're imposing part of the self you know, we're, we're manifesting a part of ourself that already knows, right? Yeah. And, and it's a beautiful process. And so I am really thankful. I've done some personal readings with you, Stacey, that were very, very profound. And I am just amazed at what these small tools, I mean, it's a very mm-hmm. simplistic thing at how much they can uncover for us 
And um, it's us doing the work, right? I mean, I think, again, back to consent, nobody should be doing it for you. Nobody's giving you some voodoo magic. And if they are, you might want to rethink that. This is coming from the self. Yeah. This is our journey. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that quote. And if it were perfect, it would be the end. Mm -hmm. This is just creative space. And thank you all the listeners for joining us in this creative space, this imperfect podcast that's Mm -hmm. fueled by creativity and the things that we love. Yeah. And if you feel moved, please subscribe, sign up. There's a link below. And thank you for joining us. Thanks, everyone.